Welcome to the Notebook Dump for the week ending Friday, February 24th. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm a senior editor at Light Reading, not to be confused with Phil Harvey, who is, uh, where should Phil be today? In the Bahamas, maybe? Where would we like to put Phil, you guys? <laughs> yeah, I think he's working on his suntan. Yeah. That he's in all of our hearts. Wonderful. Aww, that's so sweet. sweet. <laughs> that was the right answer. Yeah, Sorry, sweet. you guys are fired. Yeah. Nicole, <laughs> okay. you get a raise. <laughs> <laughs> that's how easy it is. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. I'm going to write, I'm gonna write this down. BRB. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Nicole, what is in your notebook dump other than um, Hallmark niceties that you just shared um, Mostly just love letters to Phil. Aww. Thank you for being a great boss, Phil. I couldn't do anything without you, Phil. Stuff like that. 6% um, raise would be great. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, well, I, I, I believe it or not, there's more government stuff in my notebook. Um, what? I love, love government stuff. Um, I wrote an update this week on the FCC's proceeding on digital discrimination. So I figured I'd just give a little context on on what that is and why it is and, and what may come of it. So um, for context, in addition to providing $65 billion for broadband um, deployment and, and affordability and such, uh, the infrastructure law also assigned a few specific tasks to the FCC to further facilitate like equal access to broadband and consumer fairness. So one of those is the requirement that um, they roll out consumer broadband labels. Um, and another one is a requirement that they set rules to prohibit digital discrimination of access to broadband based on income level, race, ethnicity, color, religion, or national origin. And the background for that is that over the years, various consumer advocates have accused certain ISPs of what they call digital redlining and what is now called by Congress digital discrimination. Um, so the FCC has been soliciting and reviewing public comments on digital discrimination for the past year. And from my reading of the comments, the main concern from service provider industry groups is that the FCC will use this as an opportunity for, wait for it, rate regulation. <laughs> uh, I know. I'll say regulation everyone's... for sure, but rate regulation. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Rate regulation, yeah. Okay. Or other regulations around how and where uh, service providers invest. Um, oh. So we'll hmm. see how this turns out later this year uh, when the FCC is required to publish the rules. It's required within two years of the infrastructure laws uh, passing. Um, so, but I, I would just want to point out it's notable for two reasons. One, it's notable that this is an area where industry groups are again, pushing back against potential rate regulations. Uh, it's also notable that you know, um, this is another way the Biden administration and Congress are trying to tackle digital equity alongside broadband deployments, which is just kind of a new thing for the government to focus on. So cool. that's my notebook. On there. So Big with buck. the labels, is that the where they wanted them to look kind of like uh, nutrition labels? And it, like what's included in there again? Can you give us a reminder? Well, um, I think there's some s stuff that's still being uh, ironed out with the label okay. proceeding, but basically um, the point of the label is to give consumers access to information, you know, at the point of sale where they can easily compare stuff like speeds, uh, you know, total cost of their bill, um, latency, other specifics around um, 
well, some consumer groups wanted reliability metrics that that I don't think made it into the final um, rule. But uh, we should start seeing these labels sometime this year, I think, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, I'm curious to hear, um, you know, find out what consumers think of them, because I feel like most people probably don't no think about latency for example but i i think that's interesting that they nixed reliability because i feel like that's a little bit more of an approachable thing to have on there than say yeah um i i serve is it slow or not (laughs) like (laughs) the reliability metric is something consumer advocates wanted but um service provider industry groups were not having that at all. Um, and I think that would be a hard thing to calculate and to agree on a, on a metric that would, you know, How can you live across it? broadband oh. labels. Right. Like yeah. F-con yeah, exactly. Two, uh, know, or <laughs> like AT&T is not going to put out a label that's like unreliable for gaming. <laughs> like it's just not, like, it's not going to happen. Man, don't use us for it's great gaming for at stuff, all. But... Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, just so you know, yeah. So, and that's why I'm curious to see how not so much for gaming. (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious to see how all this shakes out because I think it will be a watered down version of you know what the goal is with stuff Mm -hmm. like uh, digital discrimination rules and and broadband labels. Uh, So, TBD. All right. Well, thanks, Nicole. Uh, Well, I will dive into my notebook. Uh, So this week I um, wrote a story on data center sustainability, uh, which was really interesting to dig into. Um, It seems like, you know, a lot of the big hyperscalers have made it a priority to use renewables. But as you dig down into it, the math starts to get a little bit fuzzy because they are using carbon offsets and uh, power purchase agreements to kind of supplement, um, you know, what they're really doing with renewables. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, it's they do have to rely on the standard electric grid because reliability, again, I feel like if we had a bingo card, maybe we should put that on there. <laughs> reliability is really important for, you know, enterprise and service provider um, customers, as well as um, just the, the day-to-day operations and the efficiency of the data center. So I spoke with um, Dr. Moises Levy with Amdia and Lucas Barron with uh, Del Oro, and they had a lot of interesting insight on, uh, you know, how things have gone with data center sustainability over the past few years. Um in the early 2000s, the U.S. Department of Energy was really concerned about data center um, energy usage and that, you know, growth could be potentially out of control. But um, in actuality, it's about uh, one to two percent of global uh, uh, data energy consumption is is around one or two percent. So um, it's not not as bad as, as we would maybe have expected. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on there. So, uh, let's see who's next, Jeff, what was in your notebook? Me. Um, well, the good news is I think we're getting close to the end of the, uh, the earnings season. Um, the, the, I think, and then, but the bad part is like, they're all like colliding (laughs) all at the same time right here at the end. But, uh, uh, one I wanted to kind of touch on here was what's going on with Altice uh, USA, because we're starting to see some of the uh, the vision of the new CEO 
uh, Dennis Matthew and what he has for the company. Um, and the vision is not starting, startlingly different, but um, there are a few things you talked about this week uh, that they're going to try to put in place to return the company to uh, uh, financial and uh, subscriber growth. Uh, there's a little bit of a change on the upgrade and build-out strategy in terms of how uh, the footprint is coming together, um, whether it's in the New York tri-state area or the more rural uh, footprint, uh, the old Suddenlink footprint. And the basic story there is in the East, it's all about fiber to the premises upgrades. There's no no big change because uh, they're coming up against Verizon, Fios, and Frontier out there. But out West um, in the rural areas, they're going to dial back uh, some of their uh, intentions on fiber and be a little more cautious and selective and even expand a little bit on um, DOCSIS 3.1 upgrades to the HFC plant, just kind of balancing the costs and the bang for the buck and, and uh, the uh, competitive environment and so forth. And um, But elsewhere, uh, mobile is going to take a more meaningful role over at Altice USA. They're going to get more aggressive at retail and also explore the development of a um, kind of converged bundle that combines home broadband and mobile. Uh, sounds a little bit like what Charter's doing with Spectrum One and, and Comcast is doing with uh, uh, for, for some new customers for kind of a, a limited time thing they're doing. Um, but bottom line there, I mean, mobile, I think at Altice USA can use some love. I think they only added like 4,000 lines in the, in the fourth quarter. So if you compare that to what Comcast and, and Charter have been doing, you know, it's a big, it's a stark uh, difference. Um, and then, um, the other big thing was on the leadership side, they're kind of becoming Comcastic in a way, you know, kind of a mini Comcast on the leadership side. Uh, Matthew, he comes from Comcast and he just hired three execs uh, who also hailed from Comcast onto his leadership team. Uh, so I don't see them really just because of that, like, hey, we're going to do the Comcast playbook or anything, but it could mean that all TCUSA is in for a bit of a... Uh, a culture shift. So a lot going on there. I didn't even get into the, the whole pricing thing they're trying to do to kind of fix things, but uh, yeah, a lot of new stuff going on with the new regime. You know, time will tell how that does. I don't think the analysts yet are really convinced that uh, they're doing everything they need to do to kind of return to growth, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. I like that. Uh, what was that? Comcastic. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's like a, uh, I, I didn't definitely come up with that one. I, I borrowed it from you know probably many other um, places, but uh, yeah, they're definitely <laughs> getting Comcastic for sure. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, well, that'll be interesting to watch, and um, hopefully they get on the right track. Yep. Maybe they need to mix it up a little bit more. I think so. <laughs> yeah, Mike, what's in your notebook other than stickers? Uh, stickers and pictures of my favorite uh, 80s movie action heroes is mainly what I've got in there. That's good stuff. Who, who would that be? Not um, to um, get too far off track. Well, I mean, Bruce Willis yeah. and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, uh, you know, all the classics. Solid. How about you, Casey? What's in your, what's in your, what, what, what 80s uh, action movies do you have in your uh, uh, notebook? Mm. I don't know if they're 80s action movies. They're probably like sci-fi fantasy, like never-ending story, 
So probably like wow. Atreyu and uh, Falcor would be in there. The Luck Dragon, little David Bowie Labyrinth, you know, that kind of stuff. I thought you were saying those, Falco. Those were Falco. Falcor, right? <laughs> Wasn't that the Luck Dragon? Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Well, other than that, though, I will be taking that notebook with me to Barcelona. Uh, Kelsey, as you know, you're you're going to uh, both of us are headed on to a plane this weekend to head out to Barcelona for the big Mobile World Congress trade show. It's the it is the big one every year. The uh, it is the biggest wire event in the wireless industry. And now that COVID's over, there's going to be eighty thousand people that are heading to Barcelona. So uh, expect lots of pictures of people at airports uh, on social media with the hashtag headed to Barcelona or Mobile World Congress 2023 or whatever, because um, that's a thing for sure. <laughs> um, and so we're, gonna get, we're getting ready for that. Uh, and um, so let's see, this week we've already had a couple of, of big announcements from Dell and AWS and smaller companies like Solona and T-Mobile about their private wireless strategy. Um, so everybody's sort of gearing up to make these big announcements, uh, you know, about their strategies headed into this year. And then next week, when the show is actually going on, we have press conferences scheduled from Rakuten, from Nokia, Ericsson. Um, and then Kelsey, I think you and I and everybody else has meetings with uh, big companies like uh, Microsoft and Google and AWS. Um, so we should uh, we should see lots of news coming out of this show. We should see cloud native news. We should see open RAN news. We should see um, news about uh, energy efficiency. Um, we actually are going to Jeff. This will this will be interesting to you because uh, Cox uh, Cox has a, a press conference scheduled where they might actually talk about their mobile network stuff. So that ought to be really uh, interesting. Something out there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. So, Rihanna, we're going to get some a little U.S. cable down in Barcelona, yeah. talking uh, talking uh, wireless network stuff. Um, what's interesting this year is that we we actually don't have uh, anything officially scheduled from some of the big companies like Verizon or AT and T or Dish Network. N none of them have scheduled anything big at that show. We do have a keynote from AT and T, or sorry, from Verizon. There'll be AT and T people there. Uh, but nothing, nothing major scheduled yet. But you know, we'll kind of see how the week goes. It's kind of, this is the kind of thing where almost anything can happen. Um, but the thing I'm waiting for, the the part that I'm most excited about is I've got a interview scheduled with the CTO of I think it's called Kievstar. It's the mobile operator in Ukraine, yeah. and they're going to talk about uh, keeping a mobile network up and running during war. Wow. <laughs> so. Uh, I, yeah, there's there's lots going on at that show, but that's uh, one of the meetings that I have. That I think wow, most well, it sounds like a marathon. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> With all those meetings and yeah. how long oh, yeah. you guys are going to be out there? Like a whole week almost when you put it all together. So yeah, I'll be Saturday to Thursday. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, so Mike, I'm curious to know what's in your MWC survival kit. And mine, I went to Costco and I bought a giant box of like, I think there's like 36 Kind Bar minis in there. So I'm just going to be eating those and passing them out, making friends. Um, I also bought a bunch I of new shoes. I'm going to, I've got some chocolates with your name on it too. Some Godiva chocolates I also got from Yay. Costco. So anybody listening that's going to MWC that, just needs a little a snack and a you're doing a great job. Just come hit, find me. Hit you up. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh-huh. And I will, I'll be packing the giant bottle of Aleve, which is a stolid uh, hangover remedy. <laughs> yes. Just one bottle? Is Aleve, yeah. is that the same as ibuprofen, right? No. Or is no. that Tylenol? Aleve is very... Is, no, no, not Tylenol. Tylenol is too weak, and ibuprofen is mostly for muscle stuff, so you have to get Aleve for hangovers. Okay. That's the... If anyone's listening out there, that's the trick. <laughs> Take it before you go to sleep. <laughs> Drink lots of water. Maybe don't party yeah. with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to leave. It'll be fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, eat well, sleep, <laughs> drink water. Mike's like, <laughs> Aleve solves it all. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, you just, I mean, it's the big bottle. It's the extra strength. You, yeah, that's how you go. That's how you handle mobile Congress. <laughs> Good shoes and an extra large bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> And <laughs> chocolate, right. Well, Kelsey has that, so I'm not going to bring Yeah, you don't that. need to bring any of that. They also have really good chocolate in Barcelona, so you mm-hmm. can get some there as well. Um, anything uh, funny that you guys came across this week? Any weird pitches? Interesting news? All right. So I went to see the Ant-Man movie, as as I have to. I see all Marvel movies. It doesn't matter the quality. I saw it, too. And yeah, did you like it? It was good? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. It was fine. Anyway, the guy next to me was on his phone the whole time. No, whole why? Time. Like why? talking? Would you be on your phone the whole time? No, no, no. He was just or, like looking like, at his doing Wordle. Yeah. Yeah, doing Wordle. Had words with friends that he had to finish. I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with people? Look, man, you put your phone away. Like space. At the movie theater, yeah. put it away. Yeah, at the movie theater and at the Broadway theater, especially. Yes. Where people are live in front of you. <laughs> oh dear. One time only in this exact way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What it, Nicole, what do you do? <clears throat> I can just um imagine oh you getting like heated. You don't even know. Oh my do god. Like, I like I have my head or... on a swivel, like from the second I sit down, I'm like, who is going to make noise during this production? <laughs> like and so I'll start with a glare. A stare, glare, like to let you know you're not doing something right. And then I'll kick it up to, can you please stop that? Or (laughs) like I did to the man a couple weeks ago at Carnegie Hall. Can you please take that plastic bag off of your lap and stop crinkling it during all of those quiet songs? Sorry. Like you're not supposed oh, to bring man, a Cheetos. I mean, bag of Cheetos to the event. Do Sorry. not don't even think about it. And mm-hmm. if you look, and the playbill is for looking at before the show, during okay. intermission, and a- after the show. Not during the show. If you open that playbill and I hear that thing crinkle, oh the glare that's coming for you. Oh, the glare. What if somebody starts unwrapping like Werther's or something? They will. They do. And they get the glare, Kelsey. I say it again. (laughs) I'm eating my tips here. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say this behavior has gotten a lot worse um, in the pandemic era. People have started taking their shoes off. It's weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. I run into the problem a lot where like I was at the dentist's office the other day and this lady's watching something on her phone and not using headphones. Like nobody uses headphones anymore. (laughs) And I thought about just like, you know, the ones that they hand out on the airplane, just like giving them to people and be like, do you need this? But then my friend (laughs) reminded me that, you know, it doesn't even work with most most phones anymore anyway. Right. Yeah. But that's kind of a double whammy (laughs) to like offer someone headphones that don't work <laughs> do you need these headphones i'm gonna strangle you with them how about that <laughs> oh anyway i'm going back on mute <laughs> well i can see we're all very angsty i think nicole might need some chocolate in a kind bar <laughs> yeah but i'm not coming to barcelona for them maybe i'll just go to the store yeah just go to the store you don't need to um, subject yourself to that <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. And thanks, everyone, for listening to The Notebook Dump. Uh, So this wraps it up for the week closing Friday, February 24th, 2023. That's the year we're in, right? (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.